0: Music that rules and rules that music. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a good tagline. That's my tagline. Uh,
1: All right, your tagline. Really,
0: it's a podcast for eclectic music lovers who uh, love deep dives into great music, such as the music we'll be talking about today. Um, I am one of your hosts. My name is Fen. I make music under the name Fen Is Cool.
1: And my name is Jack, and I make music under Basil's Kite, mostly. Mostly,
0: and Okie Doke, and Wollongong, all of these different projects. Ah, Check them out.
1: Many things. Many things. Um, We
0: also both have backgrounds in music uh, in terms of like we both studied it at university. Our day job is music. I'm a music tutor. Jack is a music therapist. Um, Yes. So it's all, you know, it's music 24-7.
1: Yeah, it is. It is, and and you know what, I uh, I sort of I wanted to mention this on the previous episode, but I think despite having music twenty four seven, sometimes I find that uh, I don't do the same mindful listening I once used to do. So I'm hoping that we can uh, we can inspire the listener and also maybe inspire ourselves with this pod to you know listen a bit more mindfully than we usually the do.
0: The album we'll be talking about today is a 2016 release uh from an Australian artist actually named Katie Day. Um Katie Day, I'm actually not even sure how I found this album in the first place. It may have been through this comedian called James A. Castor, um, who is a huge proponent of this album. He listened he had this project where he listened to like five hundred different albums from the year 2016. And this was his favorite one. So um, I feel like that's a pretty good authority to um, to go off. Wow. But it's a really, it's a wonderful and unique album. Um, I guess it's really hard to define in terms of the genre. I'm just going to look at the Bandcamp tags quickly to see how Katie defines it. Um, she has tagged it as pop, electronic, and experimental, which I feel like is accurate. It also has this kind of like a home-recorded feel to it. I don't want to describe it as bedroom pop necessarily because that has particular genre connotations that I feel like this sort of surpasses or is not it's not exactly accurate to call it that um but it's definitely like it's a home recorded album it feels very handmade and carefully constructed and carefully edited together um I was listening to an interview with her she said that a lot of the um construction of this album like took place in the editing phase even though the songs were originally written on guitar um the album's called flood network that's the that's the name of it you can find it on her band camp um so i may just i might just introduce some of the uh i guess the conceptual things behind the album um i had to look up the term flood network because i had you know had no idea what it meant i still kind of have no idea what it means because i'm not good at computers (laughs) um but i think what i understand to mean is that when you flood a network uh, in computer programming, it it means that every incoming packet is sent to every outgoing line. So, uh, what I, or every outgoing link, I mean, so I guess it's like, if you have like a bunch of stuff all linked together in programming, you just send the same signal through every possible line. Um, and so this idea of like maximalism and kind of like exploring every possibility I found was really um, conceptually interesting when thinking about it in relation to the music. Um, so it's really, um, she also said in this same interview that she was listening to a lot of music at the time that she made this. So I find this, this idea of input versus output um, interesting too when you are thinking about influence. So um, obviously what you listen to is going to determine what you put out into the world and the way that you compose mm. but what i found particularly cool was that when she talked about the fact that she was listening to heaps of music she said it inspired her to try to make stuff that didn't sound like anything that she was listening to um so she comes up with these really unique and interesting um i've said the word interesting so many times but she comes up with these really unique ways of finding the cracks in the convention
1: um this album is so freaking interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop thinking of the word interesting. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I, I really I I think you've done such a good job picking this one. I've enjoyed it so much. Um tell me more about who is this guy who'd listened to five hundred albums?
0: Um so James A. Caster is he's just a comedian, um, Yeah. funny funny dude. Uh he also has a background as a musician, played in bands and stuff. Um, and yeah, he had this project where he listened to as many albums as he could in twenty sixteen, and he he wrote a book about it. Yeah.
1: Is is, is he Australian? No, he's, he's a
0: British English. comedian.
2: Yeah. 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 Right. With, uh, That's so cool. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah. Anyway, um, how can I talk about this? Uh, so what I wrote about this album is that it, it feels like every possible avenue is explored and. Um, there's also a lot of cases within the album of like one idea being explored in multiple different ways. Um, so this idea of taking a small thing and then just like expanding it in every possible way, transforming it in every possible way. Um, I find really interesting.
1: It's so interesting. <laughs> I think, oh, there we go again. Interesting. So freaking, yeah, that's, it's just the word. It must be the word of this album. Yeah. Maybe it's the word of our pod. We don't yeah. know yet. Um <laughs> I, when I, when I first opened up this, um, band camp, uh, when I first opened up Katie's album and had a look, I saw, um, I just noticed that there were 17 songs and a lot of them go for, you know, between like you know one and a half minutes to three minutes. Yeah. And I was sort of like, as, as a person who's generally not into short songs, I, um, I was a little bit worried, but then the minute I hit play, I realized that this this entire album is kind of just one big song. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's like the way that the the way that the songs run into each other, the way that they um the way that they are constructed. Yeah. It's just like you were saying, every possible avenue. It's it's just this fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this could almost be released as a single song, but I think it's I think it's good. I think it's very. It's, I think it's a better way to do things nowadays to release small, like smaller tracks. And yeah. And also it's probably a good way to, um, it's a good way to tell a story because then you get to have all these different track titles and
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So the, the way it's, it's structured, um, there are songs that have actual titles. Um, so actual words like all fleas frailty, a lot of the songs begin with the letter F. Um, and then there are these instrumental interludes which are named after computer keys, so like F1, F2, F3, F4. Um that are, you know, it goes like a track and then there'll be an instrumental interlude. Now some of these instrumental interludes, like maybe they might have been written as like an instrumental outro to the track, but um I really like that the way it sequences it separates everything um while everything still just runs into each other. Um it's very much a track where the sequencing of the album is super important. Um, and yet, like you said, it feels like one long song. Um, and Mm. then maybe there are a couple of like, maybe a couple of larger sections, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely approached in that way as like this holistic work of an, it's definitely like an album. It's not just, uh, it's not a collection of songs, something where the parts add up, add up to something that is, um, what am I trying to say? The, the whole adds up to something greater than the sum of the parts. Um, mm. Not that the parts aren't fantastic as well.
1: Okay. No, they are fantastic yeah.
0: parts. Yeah. I'll probably sound a bit hyperbolic, but I do, yeah, I just really, really like it. And it's, it uh, kind of boggles me how it was made, or I just can't understand how it was made, but I'm going to try to get to the bottom of it as much as I can. <laughs> There's definitely an, an ineffable quality about some of the composition here that feels mm. like even if you knew every technique that she was using, you would never be able to replicate it. Um, yeah. And maybe she wouldn't even be able to replicate it. I mean, it was made a few years ago in the same interview that I listened to. She said that it feels like it was almost made by a different person because she doesn't like remember certain mm. things. Or like, yeah, it's... it's um, yeah. I'm just going to get into it. So, um, So I'm going to play probably one of the more traditional songs on the album. This is called Fear Over The Light. this song that i wanted to draw particular attention to um actually i'll talk about the song in general so Mm. um one thing that it does there are a couple of like cool um things that she does here she uses three bar phrases in the verse um which is like it's a really um easy technique to implement you just shorten your phrase by one bar Mm. because generally we're used to hearing four bar phrases and it creates this kind of cyclical feeling of like um of like you're stuck in a loop or something it's hard to explain mm. the feeling of it but it feels irregular yeah. in a way that you can't quite place
1: yeah and, and and it gives it gives a lot of momentum to the song as well yeah um I, I I really like that I think it's like is it like a a three yeah three bar phrase like 12, 12 beats or something yeah um it's kind of like it makes me think about what we talked about in the previous episode with um melody melody driven songwriting 100 percent. So, so, it's like Katie has discovered this really great chorus hook, yeah, and um and i just I just love the idea that as a songwriter, you find that hook and then you find where you want it to end, and then you just make that the the part you repeat like it's just such a it's such a simple idea, and um, I think there's a lot of songs in the world that could be made a lot better if people just you know.
2: <laughs> yeah we're,
0: we're willing to break from you. the four bar phrase that feels which feels so natural to us to write things in four mm. bar phrases it's almost like yeah this internal rhythm that we have as humans but uh, i don't know like mm. it may be historically dictated by um like the classical period um when yeah. you know everything had to be even numbered phrases and it has to be it has to be a balanced phrase you have to have yeah like the opening statement and the closing statement or whatever right this idea of yeah. symmetry that's established by Western classical music. Um, yeah. but,
1: and it's so, so pervasive. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I, th- I think if, if I think of my favorite example of this sort of writing, not to divert too much, yep. um, but I think about, uh, say a prayer, the Burt Bacharach
0: tune. Yeah. I don't know.
1: You know, say a little prayer. Oh yeah, me, I do know. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes like forever and ever. Oh, give me a heart and I will love you forever. It's like two bars of four and one bar of three. Yeah. And no one would ever know, no. unless you Cause, think about. It. And I mean, obviously, I think the most, the most uh, talked about one is probably Hey Ya. Yeah, that's another song that really breaks from that tradition. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, I think it's in like yeah. it's got a bar of six four or something. Um, in addition yeah. to the bars of four four. So yeah, just following yeah. the melody with following the melody with your rhythm, rhythmic ideas is a really great compositional technique. Yeah. Um, then one thing she does in the chorus is she kind of like, um, has this like ascending melody, and it goes back to the tonic the first two times that she does it. Um, and then on the, the third time she does it, you have this like interrupted cadence where we go into the relative minor for a second, um, to the E minor. And she uses this sort of chord progression a lot, um, like tonicization of the relative minor or just an in interrupted cadence into um, oh. chord six but the way i like to think about it is like you know in general harmony you have keys right so we have the key of g major which has the same notes as e minor so going back to this idea of flood network exploring all the possible options it's like she's exploring you know the two main possible options for this combination of notes um so oh. i like that she kind of plays with the major and minor. Um, Yeah, so I like the idea that she is experimenting with exploring all the possible options for this group of notes. So you've got the minor key that uses this same exact group of notes and you have the major key that uses this exact same group of notes. Um, It's really Mm. fun to play with that. Yeah. Uh, So one thing in particular I wanted to talk about is a really uh, really important motive gets introduced halfway through the song. But a really cool thing is she really doesn't draw attention to it. It's kind of in the background, which is this motive. Happens about the one minute mark. Um, So it's like a descending stepwise motive. If we wanted to break it down further, we would say that the motive Mm -hmm. is just the first four notes. And then the second four notes are an inversion of that motive, so it's just flipped. And starting on the major seventh, ascending upwards. Mm. Um, Okay. So then. I want to play you another song because the very next track, it really expands upon this motive and changes it and stuff. Yeah. So like it adds a fourth above it. Yeah. Um, but the fourth is sticking to the um, the major scale. So it creates this kind of like, it actually changes the intervalid relationships. Just put it a fourth up, which is, it's not like a perfect fourth every time. Yeah. One of them is an augmented fourth. Yeah. Anyway, let's listen to the next track. So,
1: so sorry, does she just keep it parallel the whole time? She keeps it parallel. Yeah. uh, Cool.
0: Yeah. And one of them is just becomes an augmented fourth by virtue of her keeping it in the same key yeah um, because there's that more augmented fourth that occurs between the fourth degree and the seventh degree of the major scale cool um so i'm going to play the the next track which is called f5 so it's one of these instrumental interludes <laughs> ended up playing, I guess, technically three tracks. I played the end of Fear of the Light into the instrumental F5 into So You Pick Yourself Up because really it's all the, this one musical idea that connects these three different songs. So you have the the motive that has been introduced in the middle of Fear of the Light, which then... Uh, has a fourth added to it at the end of that same song. And then in the instrumental F5, um, she samples that song, um, but it's short and slightly, so it almost feels like a bar of seven. So it's like, dum, 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 dum. Oh, it's dum, oh, dum, 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 yeah. dum, dum,
1: dum, dum, dum. Oh. That's that's so funny because I heard that line and I was like, oh, this is 11. Yeah. But I think it's just because I was dividing it differently. I was, I was hearing it like dumped, like, dumped, 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 You know, I think you're right. D-dump. It's probably
0: like a slightly more accurate um, way of dividing mm-hmm. it um, in terms of the actual length of the sample. Um,
1: but 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 the, the interesting thing, though, is that it kind of rep- repeats like that for a while and then slowly smooths out and then becomes something else exactly, entirely. Exactly, yeah. So, so
0: it's got like... It's, It descends in pitch as well over the course of that F5 instrumental. It has this kind of very gradual, like, pitch bend downwards. just keeps going down further and further until it's... um, ..in the key of the next track, essentially. Mm. Also, the upper part gets kind of foregrounded, so instead of hearing which we heard in Fear of the Light, that was like the main melody, the upper harmony feels more foregrounded here. So that when the next track starts with... It feels like this really, really logical progression from one thing to the next. It's such a smooth progression and such a great example of motivic development Within a pop song, and it's just, yeah, so such an excellent transition from one thing to the next, from one idea to the next. Hmm. Um, One other cool thing that that she does is in this next song, which is So You Pick Yourself Up. um, So she's in 3 4 now, um, and she still has the actual motive from the previous track going on in the background. just faintly in the background at the same time. So it's all these layers mm. of the same idea but transformed in different ways.
1: Yeah, and and I mean I got to um I got to talk about the production as well because the production serves it quite well in terms of um I think even what you were saying with how the that part from the initial song goes back into the background and the other part moves into the foreground. Yeah. It's sort of um Yeah sort of i don't know a better way to make that point it's just cool production just, yeah
0: the whole thing is really well produced um i guess when we talk about modern music uh, a big a big thing is the way that things produced and mixed and everything it's like whereas before composers were um you write the you know the notation and the rhythms and the melodies of what you want the performance to play now it's a more holistic thing where um you have to think about the sound of the track or the, the tone colour of a song is really, really important. Um and yeah, it's it's really cool how yeah she kind of moves that idea into I, the background I, of the song and then foregrounds the new yeah, version of the motive.
1: I I really like um in Inferi- Fear Fear oh, or the Light, the 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 way the guitars sound is just so nice. It's like a it's like a really like a warm bath for you. Yeah. It's just this really it's it's so pleasant. I could just sort of dwell in that space. Yeah. Forever. It's so nice. It kind of makes me think about I guess some of like neutral milk hotels acoustic guitar production. Yeah,
0: Um, there's this kind of fuzziness to it that's really
1: really nice
0: to listen to. And it's another super impressive thing about this album is the variety of the production. Um yep. like I feel like she could make like a perfect indie rock album if she wanted to. Um yeah. but then she goes in all these different more experimental avenues.
1: But part of me is kind of interested to to you know, in, in what that would sound like if Katie was to, you know have thousands upon thousands of dollars to spend on producing a really polished yeah. album. But um but I also feel like maybe an album like this couldn't have happened in any other environment aside from home because yeah. there's just so much love put into every, every little detail and
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I found very challenging when I, uh, so for each episode we do a track and style of the person that we're talking about and because her music is so detail oriented and you can tell that she's just spent hours kind of laboring over every little thing. I found it so challenging mm. to like try to emulate that, really handcrafted feel yeah. of of each song yeah um but yeah so this this mode of, I thing it's yeah it's probably like my musical highlight from um from the album and it mm. actually reoccurs again later on um so i'm just going to play when it reoccurs which is on the instrumental track yeah, please do f7 uh and then, but, but yeah.
1: before before you do i just i just want to point out the f- fear of the light is my favorite track, and I'm so glad it's the track that you picked yeah. to deep dive oh, on. Great. Yeah, it's... it's 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 such a and, and it's so good as well to have like I don't know, a, a lot of a lot of bands tend to put like their big kind of pop songs at the beginning yeah. of an album, and it's so good to have something like this right in the middle. Like, it's yeah, oh yeah,
0: yeah. it's it's so it is such a good song. It's a great choice. The, the cool thing, like, she's just a really good like pop songwriter as well, which is kind of what we've been saying. Um. Yeah, Mm. with these really experimental tendencies. Okay, I'm going to play the track F7, Um,
2: yeah, here we go. Oh,
0: oh, oh, um we hear that same melody again da, 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 da,
2: da, da, da,
0: da. Uh, but it's once yeah. again transformed
1: i i didn't even recognize it until you pointed it out just then yeah. it's um you, you know what it reminded me of then a little bit and maybe it's because i've been listening to it recently but and you know what? It might even be in the same key. It reminded me of No Surprises.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, no, no surprises. surprises. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's got a, like the, the melodic contour of it going down and then up. Yeah. Um, and then maybe the addition of the Glockenspiel as well. I, I'm pretty sure there's Glockenspiel and no surprises. Maybe. Or something mm. like
1: that. I, I I um when I was listening to this 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 that song just then, it reminded me. Um, Have you heard of a genre called death dream? No, I haven't. Okay. So it's one of those things where I'm not quite sure if it's a real genre or if it's just something that a video essay person on YouTube made up. Um, It's, it's basically like it's, it's music about uh, in, 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 in a nutshell, it's music about um, kind of post-apocalyptic worlds and the breakdown of society and computers live on. Like it's kind of, um, it's very dark music, and it reminded me the the drums on uh, Katie's album and the way they kind of are broken up and um, kind of pushed to their limit, overdriven, distorted, yeah, all the like. it really reminded me of Death Dream music, and in particular, an album called Geolocationism by Reef Frequent. <laughs> Um, it's it's a very interesting aesthetic, and I would recommend the YouTube video. Yeah. And I and I think I think the comparison is um yeah I think it's pretty easy to see see how similar they are.
0: Yeah, I guess this idea of these like extremes and things being pushed to the limit, I feel like it once again goes mm. back to this flood network idea of like flooding like yeah. the the frequency spectrum right with all these like really high sounds, these really low sounds there are yeah. all these like non-pitched elements on lots of these tracks, like this white noise elements. White noise, again, like the the technical like definition of white noise is every frequency being played at the same time. Like that's what creates mm. that sound. So I feel like all of this stuff is like really conceptually relevant. Um, but just yeah. in terms of the, the composition on that track, um, what I really like is that um, it it's like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, but then the bass is in like a different time signature, creating this, uh, three against two hemiola, like, um, Uh, I can't do it, but yeah, it creates this three against two hemiola. Is it it, it like a, like
1: a, that's exactly it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then like that, that's one hemiola or polyrhythm or polymeter, whatever you want to call it occurring. Um, Mm. and then the drums are in four when they're introduced, they just don't, don't, Yeah.
1: I was trying to figure out their relationship. Yeah. So that, that's what it is. That's so interesting. Yeah. So
0: you have like these kind of, these three different, uh, time signatures occurring at the same time. Um, so it's yeah. really like a really fun little, uh, rhythmic approach. Um, cool. So, I mean, that's mostly what I wanted to talk about. I, it's worth listening to the entire album. I think it's so great, obviously. um, I guess, like the other thing, I would talk about is, um, there are like all these ideas that uh, to do with like the number four. Like the, a lot of the harmony mm. is in fourths. You have this four note uh, motive that gets repeated, um,
2: oh. and I just
0: feel like there's something there with that. But that's just kind of this number that kept kind of sticking out to me.
1: Wow, um, I, I wonder, I wonder how intentioned that is. <laughs> I, I, I love when stuff like that pops up but I, I do always wonder is, is it like, yeah uh, yeah
0: I fully I don't know if it's yeah. uh, intentional or not but that was one thing that stuck out to me a couple of other things that I'll just quickly go through um I think the the fact that um it's a very like digital sounding album but it's kind of focusing on the imperfections of like digital recording maybe or like digital manipulation like maybe using effects that aren't intended for that particular purpose to create this kind of glitchy or otherworldly sound Uh it's one mm. thing i really liked and then the other thing so just going back to this idea of, like, exploring every possibility, there's a lot of kind of non-quantized elements. So, like, nothing is yes. really snapped to grid. So it's like, well, okay, we have these, like, rhythmic possibilities, but if you actually, you know, take away the click track or whatever, um, then there's actually, like, hundreds more possibilities. Um, so and it has a very human feel to have things yeah, less
1: quantized. It, it, it brings to mind, it's like, is, is Katie, like, doing tempo automation on... Ableton or something, or is she just clicking take off the grid and just YOLOing? It? I don't like, know. I, a...
0: I feel like it's loop based but non-quantized. Um so like yeah. she, maybe she'll generate a loop and then um play off that loop and not worry about that. Mm. I never it's it I, all I, fits I, together well, once. So. Yeah. I,
1: I feel like I feel like that's that's like the future. Yeah. I I kind of like in, in like a broader Sorry, I have my friends throwing rocks at the window. I live above some of my friends and they're outside. Go away. Don't, don't they know we're <laughs> recording
0: a podcast?
1: Don't, don't they know that we're recording the second episode of Music Rules podcast? Yeah, this podcast? is not Music Rocks. Um, this is
0: Music Rules. This is
1: Ah, that's, that's so good. Now we've got to keep that joke in. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, wow, it's really hard to think. Yeah, now.
0: it's hard uh, to... Um, what? We're talking about non-quantized loops. The the kind of human feel, um, I think, is essential.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the sort of human side. I'm just going to send a message to these guys and just say, stop throwing rocks at my
0: window. Yeah, okay, fair
1: enough. (laughs) I am recording a podcast.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh, my gosh. Ridiculous.
1: They're really going for it.
0: Yeah, I can hear it. It's Um, loud. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm such a fan I am
1: recording.
0: of aleatoric techniques. And by that, I mean using like chance or like human error or human decision to create a level of complexity. Because like we can write, you know, all the 15 four bars mm. that we want. But um, at the end of the day, nothing will be more complex than, for example, someone playing drums for the first time. And like yeah. just playing it really, uh, imperfectly, but consistently imperfect. Um, yeah. It's like the most complicated mm. thing in the world to try to replicate that. Like there's just something about oh, it's, chance and imperfection yeah. that creates huge levels of complexity.
1: I, I don't know if you've ever, ever had this experience as a teacher, but, um, one time I was teaching, uh, this group of young boys, I think they're like about 10 years old and, um, are bass player, it was like, I was running a like group bands, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, just like a, a rock setting as like drummer, guitarist. Their basses didn't show up, so I was like, I'll oh, play some bass. And then um we started doing um one of their songs and I was counting the meter with them and like doing it in time. And then um we we had like a break where the music stops and then the pulse keeps going, and then we come back in. And I was feeling it in what I thought was the correct pulse, but then I came in Way earlier than everyone else, <laughs> and they all just kind of look at me like, "Like, No, that's not how it's like this. Like, it might not be technically correct because I'd like to think I was keeping a, a very solid rhythm, but these guys just have a completely different, they're in a different kind wavelength. of wavelength. Yeah, they're in a different <laughs> wavelength. I just remembered what I was going to say before my friend started throwing rocks at the window. I think, um, I think like, and this is like a larger kind of prediction about music. I think that, uh, unquantized music is going to become the next sort of big, uh, the, the next thing that people do more. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like maybe as like AI, um, AI becomes more, uh, more intelligent and more like better at the kind of replicating what humans do. Yeah. I think we're going to be yearning for this authenticity. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I think that unquantized music is going to be, yeah, gonna gonna be the next yeah, big thing. Yeah, like the
0: human element of things is often what makes them interesting. Like just something that a computer could never replicate, even if it tried, you know, a thousand times. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that on this album, even though it is so digital and it is kind of informed by. Your computers and the internet and all of these things, right? It's so human as well. Yeah um okay, so yeah,
1: that's a great point.
0: I might just uh I might show you the song that I wrote that
1: Yeah it is at that time. I'm so keen to hear it.
0: Yeah, um so I actually well you'll see what happens, but I took that motive that um we were talking about and I stole
2: it um for at least the opening of the song. But Anyway, I will play it to you, and you will see.
1: We didn't pick my mic, but doing that woo. Okay, no, it's fine. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. Nice work. Thanks. Yeah, I think um, I think while I was listening to that, I was like, um, made made me think about how when we're doing these songs, we're like, uh, we 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 are sort of paying homage to these artists, but a lot of our own playing and compositional ideas comes through. Yeah, because that was very much, yeah, that was just as much, uh, Fen as it was Katie. I reckon. Yeah. Um, I, I, I took some notes. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, sure. Sweet. So I thought the strings in the beginning were super cool. It reminded me... Are you very familiar with Aphex Twin?
0: Oh, yeah. um, uh, Sort
1: of. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the song Girl Boy Song? No. Nah. It's, it's like this... um It's like a breakcore song, like probably when he was at his most... Actually, I don't know anything about AFEX Twins' era, so I'm just going to stop right there. But uh, it's 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 a really kind of jungly breakcore song with this like really beautiful, pretty string samples over the top yeah, nice. in in a major key. Very pretty. It reminded me of that that specific sample. Was this all made in GarageBand?
2: Yeah, yeah, all
1: GarageBand. W- 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 yeah, w- was was that GarageBand strings?
0: Um, at the beginning, I think it's GarageBand half.
1: Um, oh that was
2: hard yeah
0: yeah just like a midi harp okay
2: sound.
0: yeah one yeah, thing cool. that was fun to do or that i that i do anyway but um was fun to explore was using like the orchestral sounds on GarageBand. so like the weird like uh, 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 mm. that was like an oboe but pitched down yeah and with like yeah, i, I <laughs> changed the form and, so just like using things for not their intended purpose Uh,
2: yeah that
1: that um i i made a note about that specific sound because i was like what is that so that was an oboe pitch down yeah
0: and i changed and you can there's an effect called vocal transformer designed for vocals Mm. and if you change the formant of i don't even know what it means formant but um just makes the sound sound darker or something so it's like this Mm. dark sounding oboe.
1: yeah Um, right yeah yeah. it, it almost sounded like i've got this uh this vst called koji yeah and it's it's like a it's like it's like based off like the um the what's it Su- Super Nintendo like sound chip. Oh cool. And it, it's got a it's got a sound called more voice, which I'll I'll send to you and you can oh, yeah. put say. in after I say more <laughs> more voice. Um and it kinda of, kinda of sounded a bit like that. It's very like cutesy. Yeah. Cutesy nice. Um what's the word? Like uh yeah, a bit nostalgic. Yeah. I also I, I wrote that um, it was cool how the drum slowly faded out. Um, I thought the room piano sound was really cool. Mm. Um, it sounded like it, the piano was rec- like the it was recorded with a mic sitting like pretty far in the room. Yeah. With the piano. Yeah, yeah. Was it was that like was that like at like a teaching studio or yeah, something? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's exactly where it was. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. <know> <laughs> Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, I put the mic um, on top of
0: the piano, but the, the actual microphone is facing away from the piano, um, to so uh, created that kind of distant, uh, wide house yeah. kind of feel.
1: Yeah, I thought the the glitched audio clipping stuff you were doing was really cool, and following on from that, I really liked how the vocals at the end didn't have the attack; it just came straight in from yeah where where the note was. Yeah. Um, if if you're unfamiliar with what attack is, dear listener. Um when when you hear an, an like a sound or like a sound wave, there's like four elements to it. Attack, uh, sustain decay release. I think I said them in the right order. And uh the, the attack is the first part of a sound. So if you if you were to play like a um like a or if you, if you were to sing a note, there's like la there's like a slow la. from from the moment that there's silence to the moment you hear a note that's that's the that's the attack
0: and the attack often like it often informs us what instrument is playing so like if i play the piano like it's very recognizable Mm. as a piano but if i do that and just fade the volume knob in yeah or like even a chord uh, like that doesn't sound like a piano but then if i have the attack it's clearly a piano um, yeah, so one thing I, that, I did as well was I used like uh, piano chords instead sort of the second half of the song, that like, kind of like, boo, boo. that's just piano chords, but then like, I just uh, faded in and out without including the attack. Oh, cool. Um, so it makes it sound yeah, nice. like kind of like this mutual uh, tone color. Um, yeah. I'll just talk about what like one of the sort of the compositional ideas or the thought processes I had and how I was trying to adapt yeah, the, uh, her work. So obviously I'm using the same motive that she developed in her album uh so that's just like a you know quotation um then i really wanted to explore this idea of trans transformation because i feel like it's such an important idea in the context of her album like everything like these ideas just transform and shape shift into these parts that you don't expect um so i really wanted to have like have it go through all these like different um you know styles or whatever um like it gets a bit dancey for a second then it's just the piano by itself but it's all kind of based off the the same idea so just showing like how you can really hmm. um use one idea and just really transform it to create something that sounds really varied which is what she does so well in her original
1: yeah 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 i was trying to pick pick apart some of the polyrhythms that you had in um i think what was it kind of the same like a three over two thing
0: um but- actually yeah I, I really i didn't think about it too much maybe that's why it's it, it kind
1: of, Yeah. Cause, Cause it kind of got, um, yeah, it got like, I was like, Oh yeah, I can follow this rhythm. And then it became something completely different. And I was like, huh, you know what? He's probably doing the unquantized thing. It was, that we yeah, were just it was definitely
0: about. that it was very much loop based. I was working a lot. Uh, so in GarageBand, I didn't have it set to like beats per minute. I was just looking at the time. Um, yes. so I wasn't really like lining stuff up based on the bar. It was more just like recording a loop making things the same length and just looping that and then just going from there and just using my internal rhythm to make things in time or hmm. roughly in time at least.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, I think that's a great way to do it. Yeah.
0: I haven't really worked like that before, so. Definitely was inspired hmm. by listening to this album.
1: At least. Yes, yeah. as as we speak, I can I can feel the grid slipping away. Yeah, the, I, f- I feel like I feel like mind it's the the
0: grid that controls the mind, our grid. the mind
1: prison. Yeah. the matrix, the, the mind, the matrix. the prison of rhythm, the prison of rhythm. You know, it's it's a thing. It's a thing that's it's far more flexible than people realize. Yeah. Probably, yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel
0: like that's probably yeah. a good place to leave it. Um Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh I I just I, I sort of just want to plug Katie for oh, a second 100%. because I I was on her um band camp and I noticed she's got a Patreon yeah. and it's not much, two bucks a month, and you can support an awesome artist and help her pay rent and live a good life so she can continue focusing on what she's excuse my French, Fantastic at, which is making sick albums. Yeah. So you
0: can also download her most recent release, which is called The Kraken. Um, uh, I yes. listened to that. I
1: listened to the Kraken. It was yeah, was really it's good. It's
0: really good. It, her yeah. style has really transformed um, since Flood Network. So mm. it's definitely worth uh, listening to all of her more recent stuff and buying mm. it up. It,
1: yeah, it it's it's like it's a it's slightly more um more restrained or more subtle. Yeah, um, I agree. More subtle writing. Yeah. Um one one thing I also noticed just while I remember is I think the mix of Flood Network on Bandcamp is different to the one on streaming services. Ah, interesting. So if if you want Flood Network that is like quite like loud and quite um quite in your face, then go on to Bandcamp and if you want if you're more a fan of sort of a bit more um restrained, I guess, then you can go onto Spotify. Personally, I've been blasting the Bandcamp one because it's, um, it's just great. It's I, I like to listen to it really loudly. Yeah, so. right.
0: Yeah, I've been mostly listening on Spotify, but I'm going to check out the Bandcamp version.
1: Interesting. We've, we, we've had two two slightly different musical experiences.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, cool. Yeah, so definitely support her by her music on Bandcamp. Um, sign up to the Patreon if you would like to do that. And um, yeah. I mean, you should also buy Jack's album, uh, Basil's Kite, Shooting Sars, available now on Dark Trail Records.
1: Thank you so Uh, much for the lovely plug, my friend. Yes, I think when this comes out, we'll still be touring probably April. Um, Yeah, come and see us if you live in Newcastle and or Canberra. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right, thanks so much for listening, guys. See ya. Music girls music freaking rules bye